and we are live with this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, certainly had an interesting week one in college football. Kind of an upset if you want to ask a couple people. I mean, a lot of people in the country maybe saw this game, the, the game I'm talking about going the way it did go. We saw a couple of top 25 matchups in the college football world. And another upset that happened this past Monday, which was kind of a laugher in a lot of our view because the team that lost in that fashion, we don't really like them at all. But overall, a very weird start to week number one, the college football season. I'm sure it will get even weirder as the season goes on. Week number one has not disappointed. We saw a lot of ranked matchups. We saw a lot of disappointment. And could I say the birth of some future powerhouses? Am I being too... Maybe. No, maybe. Is that too much of an ad hominem right now? Well, considering the first game that we're going to talk about, it's possible. Very possible. Um, we saw, we you know, it was one of the most talked about games throughout, not only here on the pod, but even throughout the entire country. I think they had about six or seven million viewers for that entire game alone. And if you ask the Colorado football fan when the last time that happened or if it ever happened, it's got to be multiple decades. Um, Deion Sanders hype is for sure real right now. And after their first game of the season, the, the, the hype is certainly there. Colorado taking on TCU at TCU. They were going into this game 20 point underdogs. And we all sit on the pod, you know, there's a lot of talent on this Colorado team, and that's why we thought that it was going to be close. TCU also lost a lot of players from this past their past season, including guys like Max Duggan, and we thought this would be a close game. And I originally said there was going to be under. I really regret picking that because I should have known better, considering this was uh, a Big Twelve team facing a Pac twelve team. There's going to be no defense played whatsoever, and sure enough, there was barely any defense played in this game. Colorado goes on the road against TCU and Deion Sanders' head coaching debut for the Colorado Buffaloes, and they go on the road and pull off the upset, winning this one 45-42. I'm not sure where in the statistical categories you want to start, Andrew. There is a lot to unpack from this game in terms of guys on Colorado that went off in this one, Jador Sanders, Travis Hunter on both sides of the ball for the Buffaloes. Overall, a great game number one for Deion Sanders' tenure, and only the sky, the sky is certainly the limit now as the season goes on. So what I want to talk about is their game on the ground, which was non-existent. TCU's game on the ground was just so much better. They could not – Colorado, like you said, no defense was really being played, but they could not stop the run for anything. Right. They were really good in the backfield. I'm going to mention Travis Hunter, maybe a future Heisman winner. I think he – listen, if he's – I think he, right now – if he continues to play like he played, he's the best player in college football. Well, look what he did in this game. You talk about 11 receptions for 119 yards and could have easily had a touchdown if not for, I believe he, he bobbled it. He bobbled it and they called PI on the play anyway. So it led to a touchdown to begin with. But not only that offensively, look at what he did defensively in this game. He had a huge interception for Colorado, backed into their own territory in the red zone. And we all thought, watching the game, it was a sure-in touchdown for TCU. Hunter just read the route perfectly, was able to like dive in front twice. of him. Right. He dove like two it. times at the goal line. Not him particularly, but twice at the goal line it happened. Right. There was an interception earlier in the game, too, as well. And, that, and that's really the difference maker of this entire game for TCU. 
two really tough interceptions at the inside the red zone cost them this game at the end of the day. And Hunter's a big reason for that as well. He played a bunch of snaps, over 100. I, I'm trying to think of the number, maybe 130 snaps, maybe over that in this he, entire game. He, uh, halfway, I think towards the end of the third quarter, he was at 112. And to my knowledge, right. he played the entire fourth quarter as well. So definitely over 120, probably, probably closer to 130. Yeah, ever he deserves anything that goes his way after this game. I mean, an unbelievable performance. I believe his Heisman odds went from 100 to one to 40 to one after this game. If he continues to play games like this, you might be right. He really has a good outside chance of maybe winning the Heisman Trophy this season, just because of how of a how much of a dual threat he could be for this Colorado team. Listen, I know quarterbacks traditionally win the Heisman. If there's ever a case for a non-quarterback to win it, it's, it's going to be this year. Uh, right. God willing, he's going to stay healthy. Colorado will uh, meet their expectations. And listen, if Colorado even exceeds expectations, let's say they win eight or nine games, you know, they get into a, I don't want to say New York Six Bowl. But I think their over-under was three and a half this year, too, which I is mean, wild. Yeah, it's, I mean, the chains are moved. The, the chains are moving for Colorado. Right. Like, you're moving the goalposts at this point. I had high expectations. I said Dion would get him in the top 25 um, at some point in the season. I didn't know when. I knew he would do it, though. I didn't think it would be this early, I can tell you that. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think it would be this early. I figured maybe around week four, week five, they sneak into it. But to get it right off the get-go, awesome start uh, to the season for him. And, yeah, Travis Hunter, I think, is going to – if I could change my Heisman pick, I would put him as a dark horse right now. And, listen, another guy that could be a dark horse could be his quarterback, Shador Sanders. And how about the game he played against TCU – going 38 of 47 for 510 yards, four touchdown passes in this one. He broke the school record for most passing yards, I believe, in an opener for Colorado's history. A great start for him as well. Dion has to be loving what he brings to the table. Him and Hunter certainly is a great combination for that offensive front in Colorado. And that's something that teams, as the season goes on, they're going to have to look forward to. We also look at Dylan Edwards from this Colorado team. He had Five catches for 135 yards and three touchdowns. There was four Colorado wide receivers that had 100 yards in this game. So there are a lot of playmakers on this team that Dion has brought in. And if you're a team like Nebraska who's got to play Colorado this coming weekend, you have a lot of players you have to scout for, try to stop them, and try you try to go on the road to pull off the upset. I also love the chaos on Colorado since it's a completely new roster. And the NCAA pretty much said, oh, you can take any number you want. You have chaos. Like, guys, like, number 43 is a cornerback. Like, that's that's hilarious to me. Even, it's just the little things about this uh, about this team make it great. Yeah, I think they kept, if I'm not mistaken, either one or two players from last season's team. That cornerback was the one player, by the way. Right, and he had the interception, or the safety did. I completely, I forgot off the top of my head, but one he of them had, the had interception. a... He, yeah, he had the, a huge interception early in the first quarter of this game. and. Like I said, not much more can be said. An overall, great start to Dion's tenure at Colorado. Couldn't have asked for anything better going as the game went on. Their offense looked really good. Defense did give up a lot of points. There is some things to be fixed upon. But if Travis Hunter can lead that defensive front and that secondary, Colorado could be a presence in the Big 12. Because remember, they're going to be moving back to the Big 12, I believe, next season. So TCU is going to see a lot more matchups against this Colorado team for the next couple of years. Yeah, and um, I think you summed it up best. Colorado looks like they have sky-high expectations now. Could be a matchup going forward to look forward. Maybe the start of some new rivals, TCU and Colorado, just seeing how they kind of mushed for the season this early. Like, TCU season is probably done. 
Right. I'm I, again. You know, they had the Cinderella story last year, getting all the way to the national championship game. Um, it, it's tough. You lose a lot of good players from that team last year, and you, you know it's never going to be the same way as you hope. You look at some of the other teams that lost a lot of players in Week One. They all had a, a tough time going. You know, Georgia had their struggles against in the first half against, I believe, UT Martin. Alabama had some struggles offensively early on in their game. Ohio State struggled offensively. TCU, to their credit, still played a really good, strong offensive game. Problem was, their defense just was not there for them in this Week 1 matchup. But, like we said, there's a lot of good talent on this Colorado team. So, to their credit, they did the best they could. It just was not enough at the end of the day. Yeah, so let's go into our next game. Next big game, uh, college game day. UNC defeating South Carolina. UNC was at home. Back and forth game the first half, and then they just kind of took off with it in the second half. This was a neutral side game, I believe, but it was technically a UNC game if you look about it, because I believe it was in... It was in uh, North Carolina. It was was in the Panthers stadium. It it was in North Carolina, but the drive to campus was shorter for South Carolina. Right, right. So that's the way... I guess it's a true neutral game because it's a shorter distance from Chapel Hill. I'm sorry, it's a longer distance from Chapel Hill, but it's still in the state of North Carolina. I don't know. But uh, great game. Drake May looked fantastic. He's going to miss his number one wide receiver now going forward. So I think that's a storyline we have to take a look at. Right. Um, Spencer Rattler, um, I want him to be good. Rattler, you look at the stats. He was, he was Rattler good. Was, he had the yardage. Didn't They just couldn't get it into the end zone. And that was the really the yeah, and that's not necessarily his. Uh, yeah, that's ne- not necessarily his fault, too. If he can... Sling the football like he did. You know, he had 353 yards. He just couldn't find the end zone. He was accurate. It's just his receivers couldn't get open when it when it mattered the most. And there's only so much he can do. He can't catch the football himself. Right. And you look at Drake May stats. He did throw two touchdowns. Also did throw two interceptions in this game. So, obviously, there's still stuff, you know, he would like to fix upon because he's projected to be the second-best quarterback coming up in this upcoming NFL draft behind Caleb Williams if – that's if Caleb Williams decides to go out because there are rumors he might not enter the draft this year. I'd be very stunned if he didn't. But well, you go ahead. Well, here's the thing with the new NIL deals. I think it's more more possible each uh, day that he he stays in because it's um he can get paid so much money by just staying in college. And if his draft stock is okay but not great, if he's getting paid, you know, seven figures with an NIL deal, obviously if it's all speculation, why would you leave? Well, also think about it. You could control your destiny of where you want to go because it looks like the Cardinals in the NFL are probably going to have the number one pick this upcoming year. And that might lead to someone not wanting to go play in the NFL at the current moment just because you're going to be playing for a really bad team and there's no sign of any, you know, great things happening for them the next couple of years. So the NIL money, you're absolutely right, could persuade these guys to go back to college. Some might be persuaded, some might not, just say, you know what, I'm going to the NFL, I'm still going to make a good amount of money either way. So, Yeah, no, you summed it up well there, and I don't think there's really much to talk about South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina's season stays uh, stays alive, and they could be contending for an ACC championship game. Right. South Carolina, you've got a long, long road ahead of you. You look good towards the end of the last season. It's a small bump in the road. Go back home, win a couple games, get your confidence back, and let your season continue on. I don't think they're contending for a championship this year, but you still can contend for New York Six Bowl. I'll say this. They have Georgia coming up in a couple weeks, so that's certainly penciled in on their calendar. 
there's definitely a chance for this team to get back in in the second half of the season. A rough start to week one, but if you're able to beat some really good teams down the stretch, South Carolina could be in that conversation in the SEC East to make the SEC championship game. So there's still a shot for them. And for the Tar Heels, we saw one big team in the ACC already go down. We'll mention that a little bit later on. We saw another team had a really impressive win as well. So North Carolina, it looks like potentially could be in a two-team race to win the ACC championship this year. So very good start for the Tower Heels, nonetheless. Okay, and I think that's all we have for the, uh, the UNC and South Carolina game. And let's talk about the Big 12 winner, as per Grayson Jamarino, Texas Tech. How'd they do this week, Nick? Uh, to quickly sum it up, they lost to Wyoming in, I believe, triple overtime? Double overtime. The Double overtime, boys. close enough. Double overtime. I mean, it's embarrassing. Listen. Ugh. Listen, Texas Tech is supposed to be a powerhouse Big 12 team. They're supposed to be the second best f- conference in football. And if you have your core members, can I call them a core member? I think that's fair, right? They've been there for a while, yeah. yeah I'll call them a core member. One of their core members losing to a Mountain West team, future Pac-12 team probably in, in Wyoming. Most likely, yeah. Listen, this is all I'm going to say is if Wyoming can go, um, go and beat Texas Tech, I, I, listen, if the bottom of the Big 12 is that bad, I'll, I'll be real with you because Wyoming's not the best Mountain West team. No. I don't think so by by far. I think there's better teams. So I think if, San Diego State is the best Mountain West. Mm, I, yeah, I, I, I would say know. San Diego State or Fresno State. I wish it was Boise. I want. I wish it turf. was Boise. Listen, Boise will be great because their legacy program, they'll be back. But let's say they're the fourth best team or third best team in that conference. Right. Listen, I think the Pac-12 might be okay if, you keep, if Oregon State stays strong. Right. So if they get four guys like that, like Wyoming, listen – <laughs> ironically, that might ride their ticket into the conference if it stays around. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say really much about this game. This is more, you know... Embarrassing. Embarrassing for not only Texas Tech, but just for Grayson because he picked them. So the mushing hour definitely stays undefeated nonetheless. And there's still more mushing going on as we'll get a little bit later on. Um, another game that we'll quickly summarize and pretty much was... Not even a fight, realistically, from West Virginia in this game against Penn State. Was kind of hoping Grayson would be on the show because I wanted to hear his comments about this game. Fortunately, he had some conflicting schedule issues, so he is not here with us today. Do have his picks for later on in week number two. And, yeah, West Virginia just looked really bad offensively in this game against Penn State. Uh, Drew Aller for the Nittany Lions looked really good in his first college start. Had 325 yards and three passing touchdowns. And, yeah, I, really, I don't even know. It's just and a really bad start for West Virginia. I was sweating this game because the over wasn't going to hit. And then right. by some miracle, uh, a very nice man named James Franklin saw that the over was 49 and a half. And so he was how, at 49. And how about and he, not, not only that, I didn't mean to cut you off, but not only did they get the over, they got the uh, they covered the cover at the end of the too. game too. Yeah. So if you had – Penn State to cover in the over, and you were a fan of Penn State this weekend, man, you were having a great time. I Anyone was. else having the opposite? <laughs> Oof, yeah, I mean, I took the over too. James Franklin, you know, we people give him a lot of crap, but hey, he was it's... aware of the situation and he did it. So yeah, hats off to you, even though we're not supposed, to, you're not supposed to even acknowledge it. So um, you didn't do this, and this didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, like I said, not much to really talk about that game. Penn State gets a good start to the season. West Virginia. Could be in for a very another long season coming up right now. Um, they're potentially looking at a new head coach. I know Grayson certainly wants that to happen sooner rather than later. So 
Neil Brown could be on the hot seat very, very soon. Uh, really best start for the Mountaineers. And Dana Holgerson laughs more every day. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't miss him, but you're not wrong. But he, he's not the only person that had uh, some mushing effects this week, as I will take credit. I was very high on LSU Johnson winning the SEC. And man, oh man, did they have a really bad second half against Florida State in their game on Sunday against the Seminoles. Uh, it was tied at half. It was – oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, LSU was winning at the half, 17-14. to 14. Then the second half happened. LSU gets outscored in that second half, 31-7. to seven. Really bad performance from the Tigers in that second half of the game. And a big-time statement for Florida State winning this one in the fashion that they did. You know, a lot of people have them picked to win the ACC. I know you picked them to win the conference as a whole. And we've talked about it. There's a lot of expectations for the Seminoles going into the season, and they really lived up to those expectations in week number one with a very dominating win over LSU. Um, overall, what did you like from Florida State in this game that impressed you the most? Man, I love how Florida State stayed with the pressure. Every single they went punch for punch in that first half, and Florida State did not let up at all. LSU, I'm not going to say that they were unpre- underprepared, but I will say that they did get out coached in the second half. Absolutely, they got out coached in the second half, and you know what? This sometimes it happens, and there's no shame in it. Uh. But, hey, listen, they played a great game in the first half, and just the adjustments at, at halftime, that was the difference here. Because Florida State, once they took off, it wasn't even close. They got a garbage-time touchdown. This game should have been 45-17. Right. This should, on paper, Florida's fourth quarter alone should have outscored LSU. Now, what does that mean for LSU going forward? SEC title game? They- I mean... It's they still, still have a way it's in. It's still definitely possible. They but, definitely still have a way in. I know this hurts, but if Florida State is like that 10 or 11 win team that wins the ACC and LSU st- somehow finds themselves in the title game, they could still make the college football playoffs. It's just this is you got one mulligan a season. You already used it in week one, so well, you got to be perfect from here on out. Right, and that's it's perfectly summed up. I think now you look at the schedule. They have obviously a game at Ole Miss and Alabama. Those are two tough road games for them on the season. And you're probably they're probably going to have to win out unless some crazy stuff happens this upcoming season. I really can't see a two-loss team getting into the playoff, but it wouldn't be the first time a two-loss team has been close to getting into the playoff. So nah. there's definitely a chance for the Tigers, but a really bad start. They really could have cemented themselves early on as a contender in the SEC, but they just get beaten down by the Seminoles. And credit to Jordan uh, Travis, the quarterback from Florida State, he had a huge game for the Seminoles in this one, throwing for 342 and four touchdowns, leading the Seminoles to that big win and giving them some momentum as they try to win the ACC this year. Come on, you're stealing my friend there. I was about to just uh, talk about Jordan Travis. Started uh, his apologies. career. At, yeah, you're good. Started his career <laughs> at Louisville. Uh, played a couple games, transferred to Florida State. He had to um, – man, he's been – this COVID year and this red shirt stuff is getting me messed up because this man's going to be 24 <laughs> in the spring now, and he's playing college football. Former Chiefs at both MVP. He's set soon. Uh, listen, he's he's not – he's still older than – um young, he's still way younger than Stetson Bennett by, I think, about a year and a half. Yeah. Like, I think Stetson Bennett was 25 in the national championship. I believe game. so, yeah. I think he's 25, so 26 if now. He, if he makes it there, he's he'll be 23. So, he's still a lot younger, but – 
man, this COVID stuff, not this, these COVID rules are really messing me up because this man should have graduated two years ago. <laughs> hey, but but hey, now he now he has a chance to show out and yeah. maybe be a, turn out to be a late round draft pick this year. Depends how he does. Listen, maybe. 342 yards, four touchdowns. I know he had a pick. Uh, decent game on the ground too. He got a rushing touchdown and about 40 yards on the ground in seven attempts. So he could do it. He could do it all. Let's see how he does against. I, w- I would say be- better competition, but I think LSU is going to be their biggest test for the next couple of weeks. I would say schedule wise, I look at Florida State schedule right now, but I think that was by far going to be the toughest game of the season up to this point. Obviously, they're going to probably have to play Clem. They definitely will play Clemson at some point on the season. This is it um, for them, to be honest. I'm looking at it. they're going to play Clemson. They're going to play Duke if they're Duke's, even going to yeah. be good. Uh, the rest of it, Southern Mississippi, BC, Virginia Tech, Cuse, no offense, Nick, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North <laughs> Alabama, and then they play Florida. Florida, hey, I think be, Florida, Florida at the end of the year might be very yeah, – I know they lost this week, but Florida by the end of the year could be a monster. Yeah, it, it's always tough to go into the swamp and win. So it's that's not going to be an easy game for Florida State. But I could see them winning just because Florida still lost a lot of talent from last year. But – yeah, I think perfectly summed up. Florida State, that's a really good start to their season. I think if they're able to get past the rest of their schedule, we could be talking about Florida State being in the college football playoff this season. And Listen, I, I, I said the winner of the ACC would be there. You did. Well, maybe I, not the winner of the ACC, but uh, I think Florida State will definitely win the ACC. Right. Yeah, look at your Final Four right now. You did not have them there. But they could make a good, strong case to be in there. It's very, very possible for the Seminoles. I think Texas there. was my last team in, right? I believe so, yes. So, yeah, I had the Big 12 winner over the ACC winner. Right. You want the Texas A&M-Texas matchup, that's why. Yes, the dream, but it's probably not going to happen. Probably not. Well, we'll have to see that. Well, this will come in a week. Who knows? Maybe we, maybe we see something crazy happen on uh, some, on Saturday night. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. But the final game of the week was on Monday. It was an ACC matchup. And I am very proud of my mushing for this one. Because I had picked Clemson to win the ACC. And boy, oh boy, Andrew, did they go on the road into Duke and really stink it up against the Blue Devils. Horrible offensive showing from them. Kate Klubnick really did not look good in this game. He had 16 incompletions and interception. Clemson was able to run the football, but the turning point in this game is when they got into the goal line, I believe down a score, and they fumbled it in the goal line. And that's when Duke took over was able to go down the field and score a touchdown to put them up two possessions to win this game. Really bad showing from the Clemson Tigers. I believe they dropped down to 25 now in the in the uh, AP correct. poll. They should have dropped lower. Probably should have been dropped out. They only didn't drop out because two uh, two people submitted the same exact uh, poll rankings that before. They had LSU at five in their rankings and um, Clemson at nine in both their uh, – both their points so that um that kept them alive this week right and you know what credit to duke we saw a lot of good things from duke last season going into the offseason and there was a lot of optimism for the blue devils a lot of people had hope that maybe they could keep this game close against clemson not only did they keep it close they embarrassed clemson in this game winning by a final of 28 to 7 riley leonard for the blue devils had a pretty solid game throwing wise he was on and off but he was able to run the ball effectively. Eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. When you can get that from your starting quarterback, that's very good. I know he looks up to Daniel Jones as a mentor for him. And obviously for me personally, that's a I like to see stuff like that happening. But 
you know, great win for, for Duke. You know, their football program has obviously not of the standard as their basketball program, but this is certainly a win that gets you on the map. They get into the top 25 poll now with the win, and who knows? Maybe if things go right, Duke could be the sleeper team in the ACC this year. Uh, that is a really, really weird statement. Think about I know. it, though. Like we're, we're talking college basketball, my, one of my favorite sports. Right. Kansas, UNC, uh, Kentucky, Duke. UConn, Duke. Yeah, all UK- those like power. Like, oh, UConn didn't win, but all those schools did win the previous ones. Right. So is this March, or is this? Or is this? Or is this September? Easy, easy, Rothstein. It's not. It's not. It's not. This. It, there's no. This is March yet. It's not there yet. Oh, not yet. I gotta wait another six months. You gotta. Then. Unfortunately, you're gonna have to wait a couple more months. Yeah, but no. Duke looked really good, which is strange to say. But I know. Uh, shout out to Brian Schmidt. He said this to me, and it makes a lot of sense. Duke's been turning it around the last couple of years. They have. I know they had the Daniel Jones years, like what six years ago now. It seems it's been a while. Yeah. It's but, been a while, but the last couple of years, Brian made a good point. They went, um, they went nine and four last year. They had a couple down years where we went three and nine, two and nine, five and seven, eight and five, seven and six. So over the last seven years, for a, a school that is a basketball school, and then your state, you're probably the third or fourth best football program in your state, not even your region. Right. Those are okay results. I mean, listen, they got rid of, they have a brand new head coach, um, as of the last year. They got a bowl win. They're ranked right now, so the sky's the limit right now. Right, and I listen when I say they have a sleeper shot. It's certainly going to be a dog hill battle for Duke to even have a chance. Some of their t- they have, you look at the schedule, Johnson. They have to play Notre Dame at home. They're at Florida State and they're at North Carolina. So it's not going to be easy if Duke's going to have a chance. But listen, the Blue Devils they'll take the win. They weren't even expecting to be in this conversation right now of where maybe they're a sleeper, maybe they're not. But with the way the ACC is, who knows? Remember, the top two teams get into the championship game. So all Duke has to do is just finish in the top two, and they'll have a logistic shot of being an ACC champion this year. So so here's the thing. They have a win over Clemson, right? Yep. They play Lafayette, Northwestern, Connecticut. Can we pencil them, pencil them in going 4-0? I mean, you would hope after this. You would hope, right? After you this, you'd re- hope. Lafayette, I feel like, could be. I don't know why. You know, it, there's always something about Lafayette. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of the wrong team. Sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Nope. No, no. I don't think I, these are Raging Cajuns. Uh, no, I just thought about it. Yep, it's not the Raging Cajuns. My no, decision. no. Okay. Sorry. Completely retract that for the record. Duke should win these next three games. But. Put them at 4 now. They If they they have to be 4 now going against Notre Dame. So, I think if, they lose the versus Notre Dame. Puts them at 4-1. Right. Uh, I think they beat North Carolina State five and one. They no. lose Florida State five I think and two. I honestly, I don't see it happening just because I also could see them losing to Louisville. Louisville is not a bad team this year, also in the ACC, and then they have to go to North Carolina, and that won't be easy either. But listen, maybe Duke could prove us wrong if they play how they did defensively in this game against Clemson, and Leonard is able to use his dual threat ability. That's why I say maybe it's it's a long shot, but you never know what well, I don't think they, I don't think they're gonna win it. But here's the thing: I don't think they're gonna. They have twelve so regular either. season games, right? And I think if it, can they kill nine and three? Uh I'd say their I think ceiling. That's I say I would say that's their ceiling right now. Yes, like nine I would wins. agree. I, I would agree with that. I know so it's I obviously it, easy to say that after they won their first game, but oh I, yeah, I, I think the ceiling, think the ceiling is nine, nine wins. 
So if his ceiling is nine wins, and then if they win a bowl game, that would be oh, second double-digit win season in the entire history of that program. In yes, 102 exactly. years of Duke football, this would be their second uh, double-digit win that's season. That's wild. That's wild, but it's... Yeah, that's... So they could they have they have a chance to change history. Living. I realize it is week one. This may be an overreaction, but they got to run with it now. You you got to run with it now. You know, no, no one will look. Lafayette will be the team that knocks them off next All right, Duke, week. not really. Because <laughs> it... Because we are getting close to the bushing hour, Andrew, and we don't know how what happens when we get into the bushing hour as itself. But yeah, overall, week one definitely lived up to the hype. Um, we'll have to see if week two can live up to that hype, though. As it's time for the bushing hour now here on the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show, and once again, Andrew, I would love for you to tell our fine audience what does the bushing hour entail. So the bushing hour, and it's a play on kind of Scott uh, Hansen's red zone absolute legend I'm so ready for Sunday I am too I can't wait I can't wait Sunday uh 7 hours a commercial seven free hours. football absolutely the, the witching hour of when winners become losers and losers become winners just because on their own pure ambition and will the bushing hours when losers become winners and winners become losers here yep because we mush them for example absolutely. we had our first full mush of the season when we all took LSU either money line or for points favorite yep. to win and we mush them. So that is the beauty of the mushing hour. So when that when we all of us kind of align, it's almost a guaranteed loss. Almost yep. 90% of the time. So if we're all three of us are thinking the same thing, I'm pray for your team. I pray for your team. Yep. And but let's go I, into it. I have a bad feeling, Andrew. That's gonna there's gonna be a lot of that this week. Because I will I, I won't not. lie, there are some tough games in the schedule this week in terms of they don't really, on paper, look as good as we saw the week one matchups. But you never know. When stuff like that happens, you usually tend to have a really solid week in college football. So we'll have to see how this all entails. But we'll start it off with the first game. And after the hype we talked about in the first game with TCU and Colorado, now Colorado is in the AP poll. They're ranked number 23. And they're home this week for their first game with Deion Sanders as their head coach. They host Matt Rule in Nebraska. Nebraska is coming off that you know last-second field goal loss to Minnesota. They would like to get their first win of the season. The current line for this game, Colorado is a three-point home favorite, and the over/under fifty-eight and a half points. Andrew, uh, what would you? What do you think about this game? Well, I'm taking Colorado with the points. Give me Colorado minus three. Okay. I like what they did on on the road last uh, last season. Oh, jeez, last, last week. week. Yeah, I know they're home now. That crowd's gonna be ravenous. I'm surprised they're only three point favorites at home. A little surprising to me, but uh, listen, nothing against Nebraska. I love that school. I like the fan base. They're passionate, even though they get their shit kicked in each year. Kind of like my Johnnies for basketball. Uh, never really loyal fan, fan base. If they, des- they deserve wins, if there's any uh, fan base out there that deserves any winning, it's definitely Nebraska fans, but I don't think it's their week. Give me Colorado minus three. Well, think about how this game has in- unfolded. At the beginning of the season, I believe Nebraska was uh, maybe a touchdown favorite on the road. Then the Colorado week one game happened. Then Colorado and Nebraska was pretty much a pick And now Colorado's a three-point favorite. And the money's coming in on Coach Prime. I just can't see a scenario where Nebraska wins this game after what Colorado did in week one. Not only do I like Colorado minus three, Andrew, I love the over because you have a Pac-12 team 
that scores a lot in Colorado. They're, I think they're going to score a lot of points again this week. I don't think Nebraska is going to be able to contain or stop. Honestly, I could see a scenario in which Colorado scores all the points for me. That's how that's how bad I, I think this could be. I really think Colorado is going to go out there and absolutely embarrass them. The lowest but, tickets for this game, by the way, price rise, $302 to get in the building. I think I saw a stat in which the cheapest ticket for that game is more expensive than the cheapest ticket for to, uh, as of this recording of tonight's uh, opening day matchup with the Lions and the Chiefs. Really? I, sw- I could have swore I saw that this week. I believe it. I th- that's how big this is right now for this program. And it's going to probably be the most, you know, the biggest game of Colorado football history since probably their last national championship, which I believe was early 1990s. So well, every game is going to be their biggest game until they lose. Right, exactly. So I will take Colorado the with the minus three spread, and I'll take the over. Grayson also is going to take the Colorado minus three. So we have a mushing. There is definitely a mushing possibility in this game. So betters beware when it comes down to it. But I think we should be fine. Famous last words, though. Yep, and let's go into the next game. We have Utah minus, um, sorry, Utah, number 12 Utah on the road. I was about to read the spread. Utah yep. on the road going to Baylor. Baylor, the embarrassment of the Big 12. Uh, Utah, one of the embarrassments. My bad. Hey, what a bad pay- for them. Go ahead, go ahead. What a bad conference. Shout out, Chief. <laughs> Utah minus 7.5 point favorites on the road. Over, under, slated at 47.5. Who are you taking? Uh, I've got Utah spread and the over. Uh, Baylor gave up 42 points to Texas State. That's all I need to say about this game. Utah will score points against this team. They have they are a good offensive team in the Pac-12, and they're facing a Big 12 team. Whenever you have a match between these two conferences, points will be scored. I think that alone will give you – I think Utah is going to blow them out personally. And Grayson's also with me in the sense, but he is taking an alternate spread. He's got Utah minus 10 in this game and is also taking the over. Well, we have a motion because I'm also taking the over. You took the words right out of my mouth. 42 points to Texas. Um, not even one of the good. I mean, all the teams Texas in Texas State. are good. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's, it's not good to you. It's not Texas. No, te- no it's not Texas. It's not but... Texas A&M. It's not Texas. Uh, even Texas Tech or not, Texas Christian. Not even it's SMU. It's Texas State. Yeah, it's Texas State. <laughs> a lot of good teams down there, and that's uh, that's not one of the premier ones. But, hey, they beat a big shout out teams, to so the what do we Sun know? Belt. Yes, yeah, shout out. to. I love to see the underdog win, so. But give me Pac-12 over here. Give me Utah. The Trailers of the Pac-12. They um, they red wedding the uh, Pac-12. The red wedding. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. Uh, I like that. I like that. But give me the over, and we have a mushing because we all took the over. So fade us and take the under. The under could be the play, but I mean it's tough to take it under in a Big 12 game for me personally. I know that from last week with oh, the TCU me too. Colorado that, that's, game. That's why I'm not taking it. So the next game we have here is number 10, Notre Dame on the road going to North Carolina State. Notre Dame on the road, seven and seven and a half point favorites. 51 and a half is the set over under. And do we have another mush here? So I don't think we are because Grayson is actually going to be taking NC State plus seven and a half. Now, I don't think he's thinking, home. So I don't think he's thinking that they're going to win this game. But I think his mindset is that Notre Dame maybe will win on like a last second field goal or something like that. Um, for me personally, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think Notre Dame's got the uh, obviously on paper has the better team. They these two teams haven't played since 2017, also, so it's been a while since these last the last time they played. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the quarterback play. And I think Sam Hartman just alone for Notre Dame will be the reason why they win this game. 
Uh, NC State kind of struggled last week with UConn. I think that's going to be tough for them. You going from a team against UConn to now playing the ten, uh, number ten, top ten team at least in Notre Dame. I just see Notre Dame pretty much handling this one and going on to go to two and out. You took the words out of my mouth once again. We got to stop, stop thinking so like <laughs> Sam Hartman was one of my favorites to win the Heisman. He was phenomenal week one, and he's going to continue. I think if he stayed at Wake Forest, Wake Forest would have had an ch- outside chance for the ACC championship, but no, he's playing for a national championship over at Notre Dame. Shout out Ryan Hicks. Give me Notre Dame minus seven and a half. Remember, I have Notre Dame in my final four, so I actually need Notre Dame to t- keep winning these yeah, games. You, you better take them until they lose. That's that's what you got to do at this point. Hey, listen, I might be tempted to take them against Ohio State, but then again, I might just take Ohio State so I can mush them. That's game's coming up soon. Uh, the next game we have, and this could be a sneaky good game for the week, number 23, Texas A&M, going on the road to face the Miami Hurricanes. Current line for this one, Texas A&M is a minus four favorite. Over under is 51 and a half points. Andrew, what do you have? I got Miami plus four. I don't think they're going to win the game, but it's going to be sneaky close. I think Texas A&M wins on a field goal. I'm going to say maybe it's something like um, 29 to 31 or 29, 30, something crazy like that. And Texas A&M wins on a last minute field goal. So I think they're going to win by two or three points. I think Miami covers. Okay. Uh, as much as I love the U, I, they have not been the U for a very long time. And I think Texas A&M is going to be able to, I won't say handle them this game, but I think they do win this one by more than four points. I have them winning by a touchdown. I'm going to stick with the current spread, though, at minus four. Um, Grayson is also going to take minus four. So that could be good for you, Andrew, for this week with both of us taking Texas A&M minus four to win this game. But... I think it could be a really close competitive game. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited about it. I hope so. Uh, I think it's going to be a a close, I think it's going to be a grinded out defense kind of game because Texas A&M kind of went nuts last week on New Mexico. Right. Um, So they got to rein back the offense a little bit. I think they'll still score around 27, 28 points, but it's going to be a close one. Yeah, I, I think we'll see something. Miami has to get a signature win sooner rather than later. It's been a while since... We've talked about them in the rankings in the AP poll, and they really could use a win. And being Texas A&M week two would certainly help them for future references, so we'll have to see. Um, The next game we have, and this is a game that I think could be the game of the week. And I know that's crazy considering we have the file game that we're going to be covering. But I could see a really good, fun game between number 20 Ole Miss and number 24 Tulane. Ole Miss going on the road to Tulane. They are currently seven-point favorites in this one with the over-under 66.5. A lot of points are expected to be scored in this game. Andrew, what do you have? I'm riding with the green wave. I love the underdog. I love it. Give me Tulane money line, not even the points. Wow, you're going I want all them outright. Wow. They're going to make a statement that's saying we they should kick out Ole Miss and we should be in the SEC instead now. Not really, but not hey, listen. Not really. <laughs> Listen, they have had some great, great teams over the last couple of years. They've had great results, not only on the uh, on the football field, but on the basketball field, uh, basketball court as well. Last year, I think they went twelve and two or something like that. They were really, really good. Uh, outside chance of a national championship if they didn't lose so early on, um, or at least making the college football playoffs. Excuse me. Uh, they end up beating. The absolute living tar out of USC in the Cotton Bowl. They so did. they're going to retain a lot, and I'm, I got faith that they're going to pull off the upset this week. Now, 
this is what scares me about uh, Ole Miss in this game. You look at their schedule, Andrew, the next couple weeks. Next week, Georgia Tech. Then look at the next two games after that. At Alabama and then home against LSU. Those games are certainly going to be looming for the Rebels in the next couple weeks. Now, I am not going to take the the uh, Tulane to win this game money line. I, I'm not confident to do that, but I do think they keep it close. I think they will cover at the end of the day. Um, I could see Ole Miss winning in a last-second field goal. I could see Tulane winning outright overall. But call me crazy, I'm going to take the over also with the game. I know it's a lot of points. And I'm trusting Tulane to keep up with it, but I think they can keep up with this Ole Miss team. I think you look at it, Lane Kiffin has a history of having defenses that haven't been great, and he's had to rely on the offense to score a lot of points. I think you're going to see a lot of points scored in this game overall. Could be another Colorado-TCU matchup like we had just had in week number one. And I think, like I said, this could be a candidate to be the game of the week this week, even better than the other top 25 matchup we have in our final game of this week. So that should be a fun one. And then for Grayson, he is going to take Ole Miss money line, and he's going to take the under. So he's not going to be a fun person with this pick. Don't like it. And yeah, yes, I just absolutely, I, think, I just absolutely roasted him for that, but I don't like his pick. So I think we all have different, um, different picks. Is that right? Uh, as of the last couple of picks, yes, we started wow. off, we started off similar, but now we're starting to get a little bit uh, different. All right, I like the, I like the uh, diversity here. And let's see if it continues up with this next game. This game could be I don't know if it, I don't know if we're gonna smell an upset. But listen, Appalachian State pulled off an upset last year at Texas AM. I know that one stings, Andrew. But they've got a chance to maybe do it once again this year. They go on the road into Chapel Hill. They'll take on number 17 UNC. North Carolina currently an 18 and a half point favorite with the over under at 58 and a half. What do you have under this? 58 and a half? Yep. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to take the over in this game because I think both these teams are going to go nuts. Uh, I think they're going to be slinging the football here. App State was always p- prone to get a couple upsets throughout the year, and I'm trusting that they're going to do it again here. I, and there's a school that knows about getting upsets. It's definitely Appalachian State. They have been unbelievable in their school's history in terms of getting that. I'm trying to think of what week it was because it was very early on last season, right? Which in which they beat uh, Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, you are correct. Was that also week two? Uh, I think it was week two. Yes, it was week two. You know, I'm not saying there's going to be an upset, but I think Appalachian State will cover in this game. My pick for this is going to be Appalachian State plus eighteen and a half. All I'm saying is it's going to be. Almost to the exact date of when they beat AM the year before. I know a lot of people are not going to be happy that I keep talking about that game from last season. But, like I said, Appalachia State knows a thing or two about pulling off these upsets, especially on the road. UNC is not going to have an easy time winning this game. I know Drake May is there. He's going to be unbelievable. But I think you could see Appalachia State giving them a run for their money. And I think it will be a little bit closer than the experts say. So give me App State in the points. And Grayson is going to go with North Carolina minus 18 and a half. So he expects North Carolina to handle their business and go on to 2-0. and 
All right, we also have all different picks here. So interesting, interesting, interesting once again. We're not lining up, which is good That's for the good viewer. For, right, exactly. All right, so I think we have two more games on our list here. We do. I'm going to go on to the next one. We have number 13, Oregon, versus another disgrace of the Big 12, Texas Tech. <laughs> Oregon, believe it or not, after killing their mascot last week with push-ups. What was it, 500-something? 540-something push-ups, <laughs> the most in the modern era for a, a mascot. May God re- help his soul in these tr- trying times. But Oregon, who Texas Tech got embarrassed by last week, we went over this, and Oregon absolutely demolished their opponents. Oregon going on the road, only 6.5-point favorites, over under 68.5. That is crazy to me. Yeah. Well, with um, that being said, go I'm going to take this first. Oregon's not going to do that, and Texas Tech is going to rebound. So I'm actually going to take the under in this game because I think Oregon's only going to score like 30 points. Oh, you're playing, oh, you're playing dangerous with the under in a Big 12 game, huh? 68. That's a lot of points. And if Oregon just had that offensive explosion, they got to come back to uh, they got regress to the mean. Now, I have said on multiple occasions, Andrew, that I love chaos, and I know that Oregon Duck is going to be there for this game. I want to see if he can replicate what he did last week. Not only am I going to take Oregon, Oregon uh, minus six and a half, I'm going to take the over in this one. I expect Oregon to put up, I'd say maybe 45, 50 plus points. Why are you wishing that on the poor mascot? Because <laughs> I just want, I want chaos. That's all. He's going to need ar- new arms by the end of the season. <laughs> That's Hey, listen, Grayson, Bro Nicks, thanks, Bro Nicks can win the Heisman. These first two games can help that cause if that's the case. So, be that as it may, I have the Ducks not only covering, but I got the over. It's a crazy line, but it's a half a point away from my favorite number, so that's why I want the over. And All right, I think Grayson's taking minus 13 and a half, if I'm he not is. mistaken. He is. Oregon he minus 13 not... and a half. He's doubling the spread. He uh, he is officially done with Texas Tech after picking them to win the Big 12. Yep, he's already fading them. Good for you, Grayson. Yep, so we might have to mark that down as an L already in our sheet. Well, not yet. Give it to week four. I'll give it to I'll give it to week three. Sounds good. And what may be the primetime game of the week? Certainly, we will have be. the return of a. It was a barn burner last it year. It came down to the final possession. Year. The Texas Longhorns horns down number eleven, going on the road to Bryant Denny Stadium at the University of Alabama, number three in the country. Alabama seven point favorites at home. Over under slated at fifty four and a half. Nick, your pick. I've been going back and forth for this game and trying to decide who's going to win. Alabama, I know has played one game. And then this is the thing also. These two teams have played just one game, and we still don't know what exactly they're going to be at the end of the day. Um, Texas looked really sluggish in the first half against Rice last week. Bama had their, you know, their ups and downs in their game last week as well. But they're going through a quarterback change. I still will take the over for this one. Um, I believe the last time these two teams played before last year's matchup, Alabama absolutely beat down Texas. I could be completely wrong about that. Maybe I'm thinking of USC actually now that I'm thinking about it. So forget that I said that. That's going to be not twice in the show I'm going to say that. But I think at the end of the day, you'll see points scored. You have two teams that are looking to make a statement. We saw a good defensive battle between them last year in a 20-19 win for the Crimson Tide. I think you'll see a little bit more mistakes from both sides of the ball in terms of defense. 
And I think it will lead to a good old-fashioned slugfest between both of them. So I've got the over. If I had to pick, I'd probably take Alabama to win the game. But with the minus seven, I'm not confident to take that. And I'm not going to take a, a money line because the uh, the line just would not be good. So let me go with that. All right, all right. I respect it. Grayson's going Alabama minus 10.5. He thinks they're going to murder Texas. He does. Um, I, I don't know why. I'm taking Texas plus seven. It was close last year. And it was because of Texas's uh, QB play, if you remember that. They right. were really banged up, and I thought they had a legit chance of winning. Yeah, I think Courtney they got bailed out. Yeah, I think they. Uh, I think Alabama got bailed out uh, last year. I think Alabama will win, but it's going to be just as close as last year because the quarterback play, knocking on wood, he doesn't get injured. And if he does, hey, it's the Arch Manning show. I, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was like um, I, I want to say there was a pass interference call or something that led to Alabama getting that field goal. That's why there was a lot was. of controversy in that game. Yes, there was. But you're right. Ewers gets hurt in the game. That really hurt Texas at the end of the day. Um, obviously now viewers wants to get hurt. They have Arch Manning there and we saw a little bit of him. Didn't really throw that much against Rice. So you still have that as a backup option. Um, I think the only concern about Texas for this game is they lost by one last year, but they were home for that game. Now you're going into Brian Denny and we all know it's, it's not easy to win there, especially with Nick Saban as your head coach. Um, I think you'll see a really good game between these two teams I just got to see if Texas, if Ewers has another slow start like he did last week, do we finally see Arch finally get that opportunity to start? And how big of a primetime situation would it be if he were to do it on the road against Alabama? I mean, that would be kind of crazy, wouldn't it? That would be wild. I mean, (laughs) I I, I really, I don't remember. I mean, obviously the last time we saw Alabama do it against Georgia when they brought Tua in, in the national championship, but. Hey, it's crazy things have happened, like you said. Right. So, I don't know. I, I expect this to be a good game. I think overall we have two top 25 matchups, and both have an SEC team in it. I think you'll have good games out of that. But overall, I think we two hopefully will live up to the hype of week one. We had an interesting week one, and now we'll go into week two. We did see some changes in the top 25 poll as well from week one. Now new teams are ranked and have an opportunity to make their case for the rest of the season. So we'll have to see if week two overall can be good. But I think we'll overall, you know, going into next week, we'll have a lot to discuss about in terms of what happens in week two, going into week three of the college football season. So it should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, week one was absolutely crazy, and I can only imagine what week two brings. Imagine if, like, imagine if, like, Alabama loses and – um and Oregon ends up losing, and all these ranked teams start losing. It's gonna, chaos is going to happen pretty soon. But when? I don't know. Well, do I say this is September? Because uh, I know this is March is a thing for uh, college basketball. I know uh, you can say this is September. The, Maybe this I know, is I know it's, a silent, it's a silent pause. It's not really a good catchphrase for it, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I think we'll have to we'll we'll have to see how the week unfolds, and we'll see if we have a lot to talk about next week on the show going into week number three of the college football season. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Week one is under, is been completely wrapped. And now we move into week number two and see if some upsets will be made, if some teams can continue their case to make, you know, get to the national championship pitcher. And if we maybe have some movement in the Heisman Trophy procedure once again, as we did in week number one. We'll have to see how all unfolds in week number two of this college football season. 
I am Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas Snow Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.